What's up, everyone? It's Brian Horning here from Exact IT Solutions. I'm with my co-host, Reginald Andre, down at Arc Solvers in Miami. How are you today, sir? I am doing much better. Thank you for asking. Much better. That's good. Um, we want to welcome everyone to our show. This is Security Squawk Podcast live recording if you're watching us on Facebook or YouTube right now. Otherwise, you're probably listening to us on your walk, on your workout, maybe while you're driving to work. Um, Andre and I just want you to know we don't get paid for this. We don't get any promotional money or anything like that. We just come here and educate you about cybersecurity and how it impacts your life and your business. We try to stay out of the geek talk and relate it to you know the common everyday human being, and I'm sure if you're not in the business like we are, you're probably wondering, you hear about it, but you don't really know what the heck is going on out there. So our goal here on this channel is to bring light to this stuff so you understand it, so you understand what you need to do to protect yourself, uh, both at home and at work. Uh, but our big ask for you is if you like anything, if you're educated, if you are enlightened, if there's Anything in this podcast that you heard that changed your perspective or you were just entertained in any way, remember to share us out, either share us out through our Facebook page, through our YouTube channel, or just share us uh, wherever you listen to the podcast and remember to rate us too. That's all we ask for all this content. And before uh, we jump into it, I like to check in. Um, I know you say you're doing better. Anything you want to report out to our audience about last week before we move into all the crazy stuff that's going out there in the last week or so? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so for the last three weeks, our, our company has been um, struggling because a lot of our customers' computers were all of a sudden just um, taking a dump, which is like in non-technical terms, uh, but it was blue screening. And we were just trying different things just to see what was happening. We were asking people, um, you know, if other people in our industry, if they were having that issue and nobody else was having it basically except us. We opened tickets with Microsoft and our clients are like just really, really getting upset because they're like, look, this has been going on for three weeks. We need a solution. And, and what we thought it was, wasn't it and things like that. So. It was just a really, really uh, tough time. But the reason things are better is because um, we were able to um, to figure out what the problem was. And and now the uh, sad faces are turning back to happy faces. Yeah, yeah, we talked about that a little bit last week that you were dealing with that. And it's never fun. Uh, you know, we we also, and I'm sure everybody out there who works in our business has had to have a conversation or two with their clients about, you know, how Microsoft botched this and there's not a lot people can do about it. Um, and, you know, one of the things I guess I see a lot as a, as, as a business owner or somebody who's not in the technical field, it's like, it's very frustrating as a business owner when you, when you don't have the problem maybe across all your people or all your computers or, you know, you're printing at home works, but somebody's telling you at work, it doesn't work. You know, you can see how that can be frustrating, right? So um, never easy to deal with, but it's things that you have to be prepared for. Um, so that's really it. So anything else you want to add? 
Yeah, you know, and I and I and I, I would want to say is this is one of the things you should look for in when you're looking for an IT company, an IT service company, because we over communicated with the customer every day. Literally, I was on the phone with one of the executives, letting them know what our plan was, what our next action was. And this is probably about a 25, 30 person office. And we decided, you know what, because this was happening so much and so random, we actually placed one of our technicians at their office to, to work out of their conference room. And so that way, as soon as the problem came up and the computer blue screen, we were there to troubleshoot and fix it. So I, I, I think you always have to uh, partner with someone that's just not going to point fingers or um, you know just just be there. And, and they, the client understood that it wasn't something wrong we were doing. Uh, they were just frustrated because they couldn't they couldn't work. So just make sure that you're partnering with someone that's just not going to uh, treat you like a you know redheaded stepchild that they're going to be with you every step of that way. Yeah. Yeah, Own, working with a partner who owns problems is yeah. there's a lot to be said for that. It's e easier said than done, and I I think it's something in our business that we see a lot that you know the average person who's purchasing IT services wouldn't see as regularly as we do. Um, but yeah, there are companies out there that will literally look for every reason to not solve your problem or to get rid of you, so to speak, right? Because that's really it at the end of the day. Um, and that and that's a, a good point there because, you know, I think what drives that is culture, right? So when you're looking for IT services, and this is kind of a real quick advice that I'll give to anybody who's listening and might be looking to purchase IT services or looking to, you know, work with an IT provider or switch IT providers, Ask them what their core values are, because if they don't have them, that's a huge red flag, you know, and they should be able to tell you what they are pretty quickly. And that'll give you a sense of the maturity of the company, because if they don't have them, they're probably not very mature, which means that I might be going out on a limb here a little bit, but you're going to be you're going to be paying for them to learn. So they're going to be learning on your dime. And that's, I guess, the biggest way, the biggest thing that I could say is why you would want to find a company who, you know, has a defined culture, mission, values, and, and probably some process built into how they deliver their service versus your cousin, your nephew, some guy that you know that you're friends with, the, the guy at BNI who you just met who runs an IT company. Chances are they don't have these things in place. And when you're talking about hiring someone to do your tech or hiring someone to do your cybersecurity, you better make sure that that company who's running your cybersecurity has all these things in place. Now, if you're just hiring a company as a help desk where you call them when things break and that's you're good with that level of service and you don't really feel like you need cybersecurity from anybody, then you're probably good you know, hiring, you know, a company that isn't as mature, but if you want to take cybersecurity even a little bit seriously, you got to hire a company that has a little bit more experience than the average bear. That's just my, my two cents on that. So, all right, we got a lot on tap. We're going to blow through it quickly here in hopefully about 40 minutes or so. We're going to start off going through 
several attacks that happened this week. Then we're going to kind of dive into uh, the ransomware task force that the U.S. government wants to set up. And then also we're going to talk about the response to the SolarWinds attack from the government that just came out last night and more information is coming out today. So we just want to dive into that very quickly. But as we do, we're going to dissect these various cyber attacks, starting off with um, the one that happened in D.C. And the one that happened in D.C. was pretty interesting mm -hmm. because at the end of the day, the, the police department was hacked, right? So the Metro D.C. Police Department is currently under a ransomware attack. And Andre, why don't you fill us in on what the heck's going on in DC? Yeah, so um, the other day I, I messaged you because I, I said, you know, and I'm jokingly saying this, but you know, snitches get stitches, the old the old trick here. The old I'm, not, I'm not joking when I say it. <laughs> so. Yeah, so essentially the uh, Metropolitan Police Department got a cyber uh, ransomware where they apparently kept the Excel spreadsheet, let's call it for simple terms, of all of their informants. So in the police world, you know, they're always, there's always maybe the police catches somebody in the act of doing something or know they're doing something. So in return, what they basically say is, look, we're not going to charge you or arrest you for this. However, you need to give us the, the word on the street. And right. the police uh, department essentially had an Excel spreadsheet of all of these informants names, numbers, and things like that. So, and this is actually a very, on a serious note, it's actually a very big concern because if this information gets out to the public and let's just say you have a mob or a gang and now they find out that such and such person has been giving, you know, the information to the police, like they're probably wondering, how come all, you know, why are our gang members always getting arrested? But like for these, like, you know, like they're trying to figure out like what's going on, who, who within the group, is talking to the police. So now the ransomware group is basically saying, if you don't pay us, we're gonna go ahead and we're gonna release this. And and literally people's lives can be in danger, regardless if they're snitches or not. That's not the point. People's lives are in danger. Absolutely. And I guess that's the big the big thing that these these ransomware groups like to do now is 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 create that sense of fear. And I feel like a lot of online scams are kind of that way. Um, but, you know, we're talking about the data that, that they were able to get their hands on um, above and beyond what you stated. We're talking about uh, investigations that are ongoing, uh, the Capitol riot uh, information that they have was reportedly in this data set that was exfiltrated from the network. Um, so there's a lot of information here. And I've I've talked about it, I believe, on this podcast, and I definitely have talked about it on my YouTube channel, where there's a subset of cyber criminals out there on the dark web who are going through all this stolen data, and then they're going to the patients or the customers or the clients or the victims of the victims, and they're saying, hey, we have this medical record in our possession and we're going to go out and we're going to release to your friends, your family, your, your company that you own. And we're going to tell them that you're being treated for cancer, for, you know, uh, mental health or whatever, whatever it is that's in that medical file, 
that is what these guys are doing. They're digging through the data and using the details in the data to exploit people even more than just ransomware, right? So that's where we're at with this, right? And have they, do you know if they have actually reached out to gangs or is that just a threat? Yeah, I think it's the threat to try to get the, to the, the police department to pay up. Got it, okay. So yeah, I, I covered this on my YouTube uh, yesterday and this is, this is gonna be interesting to see where this goes. Um, just to see, yeah, just to see where this ends up. Where do you think it's going to end up? Well, <laughs> it, it's a because it, you're dealing with life and death here. Um, the, the police department should not pay based on us knowing why and things like that. Um, but it's going to be, um, you know, it's going to be, I, 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 I really don't know where it's going to end up. It, they shouldn't pay, but if they paid, I would understand. Yeah, I agree. Um, and it's interesting because somebody asked me to do a video on why we can't catch these guys, and I am going to uh, do a video on why we can't just catch these guys because um, they hide themselves. That's the end of the day. They do a very good job of hiding themselves, and they're probably, if they're not using uh, tools that obfuscate who they are through countries which the United States authorities have no jurisdiction in, they're probably in a country where they have no jur jurisdiction. Yeah. So that's what makes this e even more challenging. And, and I'll definitely be putting out more information about that in more detail. But, but that's really it. And it really depends on who's behind this. And, and if, you know, we have, if the United States authorities have the uh, jurisdiction to go after them. So I'll talk about life or death moving into uh, this one, which is a cyber attack disrupting uh, a cancer care center. Um, looks like it's Emory University Hospital and their high-tech radiation treatment delayed or disrupted in recent days after a medical systems company with, with U.S. headquarters suffered a cyber attack. Now, this is Electa, which is a Swedish company with, with global headquarters in Stockholm, and they provide pre precision cancer radiation treatment software to some of the most prestigious healthcare facilities in the country. Um, Yale New Haven Health Systems was among those cancer care machines that went down over last week due to the breach, only to come back online this Monday. Um, here we go again, Andre, with more people in the healthcare field dealing with ransomware. And in this case, which many of these healthcare ransomware or cyber attacks haven't led to an impact on patient care, but this one obviously has. Yeah, and, and this is kind of like a stark difference because it's like this one is disrupting them in the, in the sense where the first one, it's going to be giving out information where this one, it's like they can no longer use their insulin pumps, for example, because, because of this um, disruption that they're having. Yeah. So... I mean, it, you know, here you are with a European company who actually had the attack, right? This is another example of a supply chain attack. Mm 
mm-hmm. that's now impact impacting these hospitals because these hospitals decided that they wanted to use this software for whatever reason. And now the software had a breach. And so, and at the same time, all these hospitals now are dealing with the breach um, and they can't provide patient care. So, you know, now more than ever, we see these, these attacks becoming more and more critical and why people need to start doing things the right way, planning for them the right way, standardizing on um, a cybersecurity program, uh, whether that means you're protecting networks and computers and hardware or you're protecting the software that people use. We're seeing unprecedented cyber attacks and ransomware attacks happening where the attack vector is poorly written software, SolarWinds, Microsoft Exchange, and now, and now this, Electa, is a, is a third example in probably less than three months of cyber attacks that affect other businesses and, the, and cyber criminals use legitimate software that people are running to get into these systems. Mm-hmm. So, yep. And then it's just going to keep happening. It's just going to keep going in this direction. And, you know, good luck. So um, we got another, we got a school district in New York. And why we point this out is because school districts are a big target. They constantly get hit. Um, and now we have a 5,700 uh, student district uh, in New York who are, they're investigating to determine whether any sensitive data, data may have been impacted. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that it was. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so they, they, they draw a comparison to Florida. To Broward mm-hmm. County, mm-hmm. Um, and you, you know what happened there. So, sure. you know we're going to find out what's going to happen here with uh, the Gilderland Central School District up in New York. So, right. another popular. What's up? You know, I think we, I, we, I think we can think of a way to stop the ransomware attacks that we we talked about from last week. What's that? Whoever Apple uses. Stop the ransomware. Have those guys go visit all these places. <laughs> we we got to talk about that too. Well, they didn't stop it. Well, they from my well, they didn't stop it, but they the uh, ransomware group essentially agreed to uh, remove the documents for now. Like, for, for for now, but hey, that's some some guys. But here's the thing, and what I, and what I said is, if if they don't. If, if nothing else comes out, we know Quanta paid the ransom. Or we know Apple said to Quanta, just pay it and get rid of this. Mm-hmm. You know, if we start to see things come back out again, then that means Quanta and Apple are playing hardball. I got a, I got a sneaky suspicion that we're not going to hear much about this anymore. Yeah. So we'll see where that goes. But right. you got to assume that that's the case. Um Shipping companies are increasingly increasingly becoming more of a target. And this is Bourbon, a shipping company uh, out of France. Uh, they're an offshore vessel owner. Uh, and it's become a target of a cyber attack that affected its company-wide computer network earlier this month. Um, and the only reason we bring this up is because shipping is so important and 
Y'all remember what happened when that ship got stuck in the Suez Canal? Mm -hmm. When cyber criminals start attacking commerce and trade and and the massive amount of products and oil and everything that is needed to be to be delivered to you as a consumer is probably coming into the country on a ship or it's being extracted out of the ground and brought somewhere else for refining on a ship, right? So when cyber criminals are attacking these types of vessels or these types of companies, they're they're messing with world economic trade. And it when you bring things like this to a grinding halt, that affects markets, that affects businesses, that affects prices, that creates inflation. Um, there's a lot of things that ride on the backs of these shipping companies that they're well aware of. Um, plus, they get paid on the successful delivery of, the, mm -hmm. of this stuff. And when you're talking about cyber attacks affecting this industry at a higher level than other industries, it's a big concern. Um, it seems like the cyber criminals have zeroed in on the uh, industries they want to target and why they want to target them to get more bang for their buck. Healthcare, trade, commerce, shipping. You know, this is trade, right? Um, and, and security, you know, police and 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 and, and government. And, and these are the, the big ones that are being attacked along with private businesses um, that are being attacked, you know, like Microsoft, like SolarWinds, um, the, key, the companies that hold the keys to the kingdom. Now, that's not to say, you know, the mom and pop uh, stores, restaurants, accounting, insurance, you name it, those types of the Main Street type businesses that people like to go to, they are still being attacked as well. We just don't hear about them in the news. Um, and that's the important important thing to take away from this. It's, you know, when your insurance agent on Main Street gets a cyber attack or a ransomware attack, you'll be lucky if anybody outside of that office hears about it. Yeah. Right? So um, Digital Ocean, a big cloud company, very big cloud company has emailed uh, customers a warning of a data breach involving customer billing data. Uh, the cloud giant told customers in an email on Wednesday that it has confirmed an unauthorized exposure of details associated with the billing profile in their DigitalOcean account. Uh, an unauthorized person gained access to some of your billing account details through a flaw that has since been fixed over a two-week window between April 9th and April 22nd. Um, what are your thoughts here on this? Well, I like the fact that they said that it was only the last four digits of the payment card. So at least they have some type of security in, in, in play where they capture the card, but then they don't necessarily keep the, the entire number. Because I've seen some other scenarios where it's like the full credit card is like, come on, this is 2021. There's there's better systems in play there. Yeah. Or, or the worst response, which is we don't believe any customer data has been impacted mm -hmm. or or compromised and then you know we find out a month later on a friday afternoon at five o'clock that that wasn't the case um so it, it it fixed the flaw and uh digital oceans chief security guy tyler 
said uh, 1% of its billing profiles were affected in the breach, uh, but declined to address our specific questions, including how the vulnerability was discovered and which authorities have been informed. Um, the, you know, they're in Europe, so they're, 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 they are subject to GDPR. And uh, they raised $100 million and another $50 million round after layoffs. So, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. They don't talk about how they got hacked, right? And mm -hmm. that's how the flaw was. So we don't really know how sophisticated it was. Or did somebody just leave the door open for people to find this information? Like, kind of like we see all the time, right? Yeah. All right. So let's just run down. Security Boulevard put a nice article here. Uh on the 10 major cyber attacks witnessed globally in Q1 2021. So um, as I mentioned just a few minutes ago, we're not going to hear about all the cyber attacks that happen out there, especially when the businesses are a lot smaller. But here are the ones that kind of top the news, so to speak, right? There's been a lot, right? Um, but these are the ones that were the tippy tippy top. And guess what? There's nine of them. Guess how many months are in a quarter? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's three major cyber attacks a quarter. That's roughly a little over one a week, mm -hmm. right? And these are big companies, right? Now, think about all those small companies that are out there that are getting hit too. That that where this doesn't even make make it on the anyone's radar. Mm -hmm. Like that's the kind of picture we want people to understand. If you think you're not going to get hit with this and you're not doing anything about it right now, you're surely mistaken. You're going to get hit. It's just a matter of time before they find you, right? It's like, yeah. it's like, it's like trying to find, I guess, a needle in a haystack, so to speak. And then, but they're going to find the needle because they have so many damn people looking, and that's just the reality. So. Channel 9, this is our number one hit this year. Uh, big broadcaster out in Australia. Uh, the channel was unstable, and it was unable to air its Sunday News Bulletin and several other shows. With the unavailability of Internet access at its Sydney headquarters, and the attack also interrupted operations at the network's publishing business, and some of the publishing tools were also down. Harris Federation, number two. And you want to chime in on any of these? I'm just going to blow through them real quick. Yeah, go for it. Uh, London-based London uh, uh, company, Harris Federation, suffered a ransomware attack. Uh, it resulted in over 37,000 students being able to unaccess their, their coursework and correspondence. CNA Financial was a recent one at the end of March. Um, big, big insurance firm that actually provides cyber insurance. Uh, they were hit with ransomware. Uh, Florida Water System, which Andre and I covered on this show several weeks ago. Another big one. Microsoft Exchange. I don't know. To me, this is number one. I don't know how this isn't number five, but whatever. Massive, massive vulnerabilities discovered and exploited by Hafnium. Uh, there's other security researchers who found the same stuff around the same time. To me, this is just, uh, you know, a coincidence. It wasn't like people were working together or there's information out there. Um, as hackers, as, as, as security researchers, we build on what we know from other attacks. And that's how you get to something like Microsoft Exchange 
vulnerabilities. Um, it's it's not like somebody's a super genius. It's just lots and lots of man hours pouring over lots and lots of code where people have the time and the manpower and resources to figure out how to break this stuff and use it, use those vulnerabilities or use the fact that you broke something to their advantage. Uh, Barmadier, which I actually never, I didn't hear about until I saw this article, but they got nailed in February, 2021. Maybe I, maybe I, I knew it and I forgot about it, but that, that's a big one. Uh, Acer number seven, um, their, their computer system another another technology company getting hit in this list, university of highlands, um, they got hit uh, with uh, Cobalt Strike tool, um, and they were dealing with a cyber incident for that affected 13 colleges. Sierra Wireless, another company uh, in the tech space that deals with a lot of IoT products. Never good when an IoT vendor gets hit, uh, especially when all most people are putting more and more IOT devices in their homes and in their businesses on a daily basis. Um, and number 10 here, Excelion supply chain attack. This supply chain attack was big um, just because it, it, they were able to target a file transfer system within the software. And a lot of their companies were uh, affected by the breach, including uh, a lot of grocery stores, uh, like Kroger, who was named in this article. So um, this is just the first quarter of 2021, folks, and we just wanted to highlight it and bring it to your attention uh, to so you can see that they're, the cyber criminals, again, they're winning the war. They're doing a lot more. And, you know, if you're not taking our information here and running with it and making sure that your own company is secure, uh, and you're burying your head in your in the sand, then when you do have a problem one day, you're going to probably think back to this and what I'm saying and go, man, that guy was right. Um, this is this is just the beginning of what we're about to see. Mm -hmm. Why our government has a shitload of different efforts going on at the same time, which coming from the government world, I'm not too surprised to see that. Eventually, somebody's going to come along someday and say, okay, we have too many different things going on at all these different levels of government. We need to consolidate. That's what I've seen in our in our history, in our government. I'm talking back, going back to 1999, 2000, I was involved in something called NMCI that the Navy rolled out. Um, and that they had to hit the reset button on that three or four times until they figured out how they did it. Um the original vendor that won that contract was Ross Perot's company, if you remember that guy. Yeah. Um, and, they, and by the time NMCI got rolled out, I think the contract had changed four times between when it was initially awarded and when it actually, you know, boots to the ground was actually, you know, implemented. Um, I think it was four different contracting companies that took over the contract along the way, if I remember correctly. I'm not so sure about that. But that's kind of like our history of how we do things. And here we go again with this ransomware task force. Um, and the reason I wanted to pick on this is because their bright idea, which I think is an awful idea, is... Before you say it? Go. There, there's a Ronald Reagan. I don't know if you remember this uh, saying he used to always say is the most terrifying words in the English language is 
I'm from the government and I'm here to help. Yeah, right. Yeah, I do remember him saying that. <laughs> and, and 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 if I ever heard that from somebody, I would just laugh. Um, but here's here's a bright idea of our uh, scout government uh, think tank people. Um, but to to take and put your sights on cryptocurrency, specifically Bitcoin, because that's the method that these cyber criminals have chosen to use to for you to get your files back or for you to pay them to unlock the files. Bitcoin is the the payment of choice for them because it's easily moved from your bank account to their bank account. It's easily moved from country to country. Um, and it doesn't take very long for the transaction to occur, which means you get your files back quicker. Right. Um, now, the problem with this line of thought is we are already seeing other ransomware groups switch to other currencies like Monero. We're already seeing other ransomware uh, software being programmed so you can send gift cards instead of cryptocurrency. Mm-hmm. And back in the day, before cryptocurrency was what it is today, it still existed. It was a form of payment early on with ransomware. But I know most people that got hit with ransomware five, seven years ago, they were driving to the 7-Eleven and buying Western Union telegrams and sending those. They weren't using Bitcoin. And there's nothing stopping these guys from going right back to that methodology. Mm-hmm. They don't care how long it takes them to get their money. They know they're going to get it. It's going to be more of an inconvenience for you, the victim, because now you got to pay somebody or you got to send somebody to go get a money order or a Western Union money order to send off to another country. Right. And then you got to wait for them to go to a Western Union spot and collect their money. And once they have that person, that, that pigeon or that carrier say, yeah, I got the money, we're good to go, then your file unlocking process starts. So um, I think this is um, just, you know, them trying to uh, wag the dog, so to speak here, uh, and looking for grabbing for straws on ways that they can control the crypto markets or, or giving the people a logical reason for them to uh, uh, regulate cryptocurrency. Oh, it's because of cyber criminals and Bitcoin. That's why they have to watch it. Um, no, because once they do that, the cyber criminals are just going to change their tactics. Yep. And ransomware is still going to exist. It's still going to be a problem at a, at a very alarming rate, even more so than it is now. It's just... Bitcoin makes it easier for them to get money and it makes it easier for you to get your files back quicker. At the end of the day, they don't care how long it takes for you to get your files back. You you could ask for your files to be encrypted six months from now. They don't care. As long as you pay them, they'll do it. Mm-hmm. So that's the reality. And that's what I don't like about this. Is there anything in here that you don't like about that I didn't cover? Uh, well, I'll talk about uh, something that they are going to, uh, according to this executive order that um, that Biden is going to sign, they're going to be creating kind of like what the National Transportation uh, Safety Board, when an aircraft actually, like when it crashes and a yeah. team goes in and basically gives 
find out why it happened and then give recommendations so that there's more like of a industry standard. Yeah. So another agency is going to be created and essentially after a breach, because they're saying that the FBI's job is to secure, oh, no, excuse yeah. me, is to investigate the crime. Then you have um, the different agencies within Homeland Security that's supposed to secure, but there's nobody that actually puts a standard and right. that's what's going to happen now. Right. And that's what the last article I have up here that we're going to cover is all about, right? Mm -hmm. He announced last night in his speech, and I guess they're talking about it today, that they want to require new standards, which is awesome. Have standards for software development. Have standards for network infrastructure when you build a network. Have standards. Who's going to check it? Who's going to make sure that businesses are doing it this way? Yeah. And again, now we have an effort by the executive branch to do what, at the end of the day, they can only control who's doing business with federal contracts. They can't tell private businesses what to do. They can only make recommendations. So here's my thing to you, right? We have NIST, right? It's already out there. It's a framework. Every business should be following it, but most businesses choose not to. Mm -hmm. As CMMC, right? Right now we have NIST 800-171. It's going to become CMMC. Defense contractors, if you do defense contracting, you have to follow CMMC eventually. So now they're just taking this from the defense sector and only making it a requirement for defense, and they're going to make this for all federal contracts, which I already said is going to happen. I've been warning prospects and customers that this is coming from the federal level. If you do, if you do federal contracting, this is coming. And then what's going to happen? It's going to go down to the states, right? Mm -hmm. And then all these private businesses that do federal contracting and state contracting are now going to be required to do all this stuff. Right. And they're going to be signing contracts with language that says you have to do X, Y, and Z to protect your data and do cybersecurity the right way. So, what do you think is going to happen in the supply chain when these businesses who have to sign off on these standards in their contracts, what do you think that they're going to put in their contracts to the people that they're giving business to? Yeah, they, right? they, have, they have to follow the same standards. Exactly. So yeah. like, if we have to follow these standards with our client, the federal government, then you have to follow the same standards because you can't be the weakest link in our supply chain. Mm -hmm. The other thing I need to point out, which people probably aren't aware of, is that the framework includes the supply chain. So you have to consider that. If you're going to follow the framework and you're going to implement the framework, then you have to make sure that your supply chain, AKA your partners and vendors are also adhering to the same level of standard or at least a level of standard that you're comfortable with so that they don't become the reason that your company gets breached. Yeah. That's it for me, brother. I'm done. I'm dropping the mic. You got anything else you want to add? Yeah. I, I just don't hope that this, I, I hope it doesn't just become a, a sheet of paper that somebody just uh, a business owner just sends over to the uh, the supply chain the other you know their vendor yeah, a box checking exercise which is all cybersecurity is right now yeah, yeah. you're right 
the concern is valid because how many companies call our business and they want cybersecurity, but then when you really get down to it, you ask them the questions, they just want to check a box. Exactly, exactly. You know, there's a company I'm thinking of right off the top of my head who asked us to come in and do a CMMC assessment on them, and they would only let us touch three computers in a 40-some computer environment. Right. And I'm like, well, we're, we're not going to be able to do your assessment if you don't let us look at everything. Right. Well, the right. reason they didn't want to look at, at us to look at everything, because we, when we went on site to look at what they had, you, you know, we asked them in a questionnaire, do you use IoT devices? Do you, you know, no, no, no. You know, we do everything by the book. We keep everything segregated. We walk in. They have a controlled access system, but doors are propped open. They have, you know, I don't know what kind of camera it was, but I know it wasn't a ring camera, but it looked like a ring camera. It looked like something you could buy on Amazon all throughout the office. And it's like, this is why they didn't want us looking at their stuff because they knew they had all this stuff and they know they're not supposed to. Like propping doors open when you're supposed to have controlled access is, is a big no-no. Right? So, so the only way, one of the only ways this can actually be enforced is kind of like how, like here in, in Florida, for example, we have the Department of Health where they do spot checks on you know, the restaurants to make sure the cockroaches and the food is separated. So like, that's really like the only way it can be enforced unless it's an affidavit by the IT company that basically says, we can say that this client is check marking all the boxes or we're checking marking all the boxes for the client. I mean, one idea that I have is everybody, everybody, I don't know, I got a lot of ideas. But they, you know, one of the things is we gave a shitload of money away during COVID. Why don't we give a shitload of money away to people so they do cybersecurity correctly, right? Give them a loan, right? Just like you did with COVID. Give them a loan and it's forgivable if you achieve a certain level of standard and you have to prove that standard every, every year, right? That's one way you could tackle this. Give everybody a loan to go... If the government wants to tackle this, instead of spending money with bureaucrats and red tape, and you know lobbyists are going to get involved, mm -hmm. and you know it's going to cost tons and tons of money, give money to businesses, let them go build their cybersecurity program, just like if you say, hey, we're going to give you a loan to run a business in a disadvantaged area. Mm -hmm. Hey, we're going to give you, we're going to front you the money so you take care of your cybersecurity, and you only have to pay a certain amount of it back if you attain a certain level and you maintain that level throughout the term of the, the loan. You make it a 30-year loan, every, most businesses don't even stay in business for 30 years. Yeah. They get a 30-year loan and at any point in time they fail, they have to pay it back within you know, an accelerated period. I don't know, that's one idea. You know, Because Jesus, I saw a ton of money be handed it out left and right because of COVID. Yep. And people could have did whatever they want with that money, right? You could have went and spent it on marketing. You could have went and spent it on whatever you wanted, quite frankly. You know, let's do a more controlled way of doing it. If you know, if businesses are going to sit here and go, we don't have the money to do it, then you're just going to have a bunch of businesses out there that are not secure. Unfortunately, Brian, that makes too much sense. So it's not going to happen. Yeah, well, maybe one day I'll run CISA. <laughs> so. <laughs> All right, brother. I appreciate your time. Thanks for uh, your contributions to the show, um, as always. Um, remember, everyone, Andre and I don't get paid, so share us out. We're going to end the show. 
We'll see you all next week. Take care, everyone. Mm -hmm.